Welcome to the Making Money in the Music Business podcast, where we share insightful views on a variety of topics in the music industry that can help you make more money from your music business. And now, here are your hosts, Dr. William E. Smith and Kenya McGuire Johnson. Hey, Kenya, we are back. We are back, Will. Uh, And that's a blessing. That's a blessing because there's a lot going on. A lot going on. Yep. Yeah, we got to stay focused and uh, keep the positive energy flowing and um, stay on task, you know, just to keep your... Your your mind focused on on other things. That's that's really the the aim right now. Yeah, yeah, and 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 have a lot of grace. Please have a lot of grace right now. Mm-hmm. I've been telling people, don't you know, if you're not feeling very motivated, um, yeah, I understand. <laughs> yeah. It's okay. There's a lot. There's a lot happening, and you know, have grace for your loved ones. And people are like, oh, I see who my real friends are. I'm like, wait a minute, just hold on. There's a lot going on. So. Yep. Um, but I'm so excited that we are still able to do this and we're still able to um, bring in phenomenal guests like we have yep. um, today that I've been clamoring to have. Um, so, but before we bring him in, and I cannot wait to introduce him, but before we bring him in, I know you got a goodie for us. Uh, it's well. It's always uh, informative. Let me put it that way. This music <laughs> tip <laughs> that I have today—it's basically adding to our um, our other podcast about uh, what you can do in the uh, this time to basically help you financially. Uh, this is mm-hmm. actually um, called disaster loan assistance. It's through the mm. uh, USBA, the Small Business Administration, and you can actually apply for uh loan assistance um up to ten thousand dollars so and oh, nice. they've included the uh the current corona situation with the um the program so uh we will have nice. a link to that yeah in the in the show notes uh it goes directly to the application and um of course the the thing that says the expiration date is september thirtieth but uh the funds are limited so put your put your application in quick. Yeah, what's really kind of been fascinating through all of this um, is the amazing support that I have been seeing for the arts community in terms of grants and relief funds. Right, and right. I, I'm tagged kind of daily right now on social media for a variety of different grants and um, things. And, and so, you know, definitely if you're out here and, you know, music is your is your primary income and you don't see how you're going to get through the rest of April or May or, you know, you you have nothing to lose by trying to apply for these grants. Just, you know, it's not like you don't have time. Sit down, go right. through the things and, and apply. Um, also, make sure you're looking at your local areas and your state um, arts councils and so forth. I know here I'm in Chicago and Illinois just announced yesterday this huge um, grant funding that they're, they want to keep the arts. I mean, obviously, Chicago. Chicago is a huge music and arts and theater and entertainment space. So they want to keep it alive and they have gotten a nice amount of money um, available for artists to apply. So check all of those things out in your local areas um, as well. Today's podcast is brought to you by Bandzoogle. From garage bands to Grammy winners, Bandzoogle powers the websites for thousands of musicians around the world. 
Their simple step-by-step system will get you online literally in minutes. You can choose from dozens of mobile-friendly templates, then customize your design and content in just a few clicks. Built for musicians by musicians, Banzoogle has all of the features you need for your website and EPK already built in. This includes tools to sell music and merch commission-free right on your website, stream your music with flexible options for music downloads, commission-free crowdfunding and fan subscription features, mailing list tools to grow your fan list and send professional newsletters, integrations to pull in content from your online services, including YouTube, Twitter, and SoundCloud, and live support from their musician-friendly team. Not one, not two, but seven days a week. Banzoogle plans start at just $8.29 per month. Yep, that's what I said, just $8.29 per month. And includes your own free custom domain name. Gotta love that. Go to banzoogle.com to try it for free for 30 days. And be sure to use our promo code, MAKINGMONEYPOD, to get 15% off the first year of your subscription. That's again, Making Money Pod to get 15% off the first year. All right. I'm rubbing my hands. I'm rubbing my hands. I'm so excited. (laughs) You've been waiting a long time for this one. (laughs) I have. I have. And it's funny because I don't know if this guest, I I don't think he knows how much of a fan that I am. And y'all know when I introduce our guest, I, I, I don't read their bios. I let them tell their stories, but I tell you why I admire them and then bring them in. But um, this is a guest that, honestly, if you have not seen this artist live, you need to get your life together. You need to go on YouTube. You need to do something <laughs> and find him. I mean, because, oh, and I for me, I was introduced... Um, to our guest, who I'll say his name in a moment, but um, it's been a while. It's been over a decade. And I, I again, when I heard the music, I, I was like, you know, like stuttering, right? Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, oh my gosh, there's so much, there's so much good about this right now. The lyrics, the songwriting, the, the musicianship, the vocal quality. And I just was blown away. And I was trying to tell everybody I knew, please check out this artist. Please check out this artist. Please check out this artist. And, a lot of people, everybody I turned on to, they're like, oh my God, he's like amazing and so diverse. And so I'm going to let him tell his story. And it's, it's really an honor to have Mr. Raul Madone. Hello. Hello. Welcome. Hi. <laughs> Great to have you on, man. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having yes, me. Yes, absolutely. I'm, I'm a massive fan and I have, you know, had the opportunity to meet you and, you know, just there's so much, so much wonderful stuff I could say about your musicians, musicianship. But beyond that, I think um, we, before we started recording, we, we were talking a little bit about the situation. And, and so I think there's also some social, some social justice stuff in there too that's really amazing. So I would love for you to just let our listeners, many people are going to know who you are, but some people are going to be like, huh, who is this artist? So if you could just tell our audience um, what you do as an artist um, and I know this is going to seem like a big question, but kind of what brought you into becoming a musician? What is that background? And how did well, okay, so I'll try to I'll try to keep it short and concise. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a blind uh, singer songwriter. Uh, I was born in New Mexico, 
in a small town in Buda, New Mexico. I, I grew up around a lot of music. Uh, my dad was a huge record collector. In the, in the middle of nowhere, we were listening to uh, Sinakis and Stockhausen and hmm. Schoenberg and Sonny Rollins and Miles Davis. And, wow. and uh, we had all that going on. Um, I uh, picked up the guitar because that's what was in the house. Um, we didn't have a piano or anything like that. Um, I um, went to a blind school for 10 years. And, uh, and then I went, uh, actually, not having to do with music, but having to do with life. My two years at Santa Fe Prep uh, w- were some of the most um, influential and, and impactful times of my life because it was, uh, it was, uh, it was a prep school. And uh, I got in um, with an anonymous scholarship. I had nowhere near the income to pay for such a for such a thing. But what an education I got! Interestingly enough, I was this year. I finally found out because I went back and did the commencement for my high school, and I found out who actually paid for my scholarship. I Ooh. never knew this. Wow. It was anonymous for all these years, and I finally found out who it was. Uh, oh, wow. And they, they had since died, but their, 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 uh, their daughter uh, um, and son uh, wrote me an email because I, I talked about that in the commencement. Wow. So um, it, was, it was a great education. I mean, I really, uh, we did everything. Just to give you an idea of what kind of education I got in high school, our summer reading was The Iliad and the Odyssey oh. and... and uh, <laughs> And uh, Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance. And that, the, <laughs> the first day of our school, we got tested on those two things. So that's, oh my gosh. That, that, was the, that was the kind of high school education I got. Um, uh, and then I went to the University of Miami, and it was incredible. It's a, a, a lot of people know that it's a, a very well-known jazz school. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, it was, I, I knew that I was fortunate to be there. So I didn't take it for granted. I learned a whole lot there. Um, and then I got into doing gigs, but I was doing uh, sessions for about 10 years. I was doing sessions at, in Miami. I sang on uh, all the sort of stuff that was going on in the 90s in Latin music, uh, Enrique Iglesias records and Julio Iglesias and Shakira and Jennifer Lopez and... All of that stuff. I sang backgrounds. Now, I didn't read music, so I had to. I had to bring my braille writer along to the studio, and I had to memorize stuff really quick because you know s- sessions are, is generally a sight reading kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Right. But I I managed to do it um, a- as a blind person. Um, I uh, got into. I was in Shakira's band for two years. Um, and after that, I, I said, I got to get out of here. This is it. This is the best gig I'm going to get. Plus, I, I wanted to start doing my own stuff. So I, I, I went to New York um, in my 30s. Don't recommend it, by the way. But <laughs> mm. <laughs> uh, I, I went to New York in my 30s. And literally a year to the day later, I played a show at Carnegie Hall, which um, was not my show, but I, I was a participant in a show called The Movie Music of Spike Lee with, um, mm. with uh, Terrence Blanchard and, and wow. Spike mm-hmm. Lee. And um, uh, they wrote about it in the New York Times. They hated the show, but they said, <gasps> uh, we don't know who this guy is, but he stole the show, you know, and blah, blah, blah. And, and wow. 
I, um, to make a, a, a sort of getting long already, but anyway, I ended up no, getting signed. No, it's fantastic. Keep going. No, you're I great. I ended up getting signed <laughs> to Blue Note and uh, working okay. with absolutely one of the industry's greatest producers, Arif Martin, um, who produced uh, people like uh, Shaka Khan and Nora Jones and the Rascals and uh, John Prine, and it just goes on and on. The Bee Gees, I mean, it goes on and on. Anyway, um, the great thing about working with Arif was I have a, a sort of strange way of playing, and I always, you know, blindness sucks in a lot of ways, but... I, I never saw how anybody played, so I play in a kind of a, a weird way, even though I had training. And Arif was the first one to say, I want to record what you're doing. I don't want to change it. I don't want to make it more radio-ready. I just want to record what you're doing because it's unique. Mm-hmm. And that really got me, got me started on my career. And, you know, ever since then, um, the only other thing I'll say is uh, after 2008, um, I... Uh, became a producer and engineer of my own record. So this is now the fifth record. I have a new record, which came out on the 13th of March. I use uh, software as a blind person, uh, a, p- a piece of software called Cake Talking. And I do all, my, all of my tracking by myself. I don't mix the records. I mix it with an engineer, but I do all the tracking uh, mm. myself. And this is the fifth record that I've produced and engineered myself. Wow. So that's beautiful. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. amazing. I, you know, I got a lot of questions, Will, so I'm gonna let you go first. But okay. <laughs> I, I did not realize. <laughs> I, I, I did I, not realize you were engineering your stuff too. But anyway. yeah, absolutely. You, yeah. you, that's that's. I mean, you. I'm sure that's that's just the the brief version of uh, of your <laughs> career. We got the the abbreviated version, but uh, uh, I wanna, yeah. I mean, I I, wor- I worked with Herbie Hancock. I've worked right. with Stevie Wonder. I've worked with Marcus Miller. I've worked with Diane Reeves. I've worked with Bill Withers. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah. <laughs> there, there's a whole lot to, to unpack here. But uh, before we jump into that, those I want to um, jump into some of that early part that you were talking about, and in terms of your influences. Um, yeah. Uh, style. Well, I guess guitar wise, who who did you really hone in on? Um, what what uh, players did you hone in on? Well, you know, part? when I grew up, I. I I, I grew up in New Mexico, and I grew up around flamenco right. uh, first because mm-hmm. my my father owned a, a restaurant that featured flamenco in the summers. They would bring oh, wow. bring in people from New York, and they would do uh, approximately two and a half, three months of of shows, two shows a night at a restaurant. Um, and so my first you know influences were were flamenco and flamenco guitars. So I was really into Sabicas, and then later Paco de Lucia. And and so those were big influences, and then of course, um, you know, the jazz came in, and and uh, I became um, completely captured by a guitarist named Lenny Bro, who is if you've never heard him, I'm telling you, look it up R- as soon as we get off the call. If you've never heard Lenny Bro, it's an absolute revelation. B R E A U, um, and then of course, you know, Pat Metheny and John Schofield and and all of that. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but then also um, just a lot of music, you know, I, 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 as, as I was saying before, uh, I listened to a lot of music at home um, growing up, R- weird music, you know, a lot of uh, <laughs> Stockhausen and, and uh, Schoenberg and, you know, 
John Cage. You know, when you're nine wow. years old, you don't know that this is difficult music. You exactly. just you just listen to it, and it opens up your ears. That's what yeah. when people say, "Oh, I don't, that 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 those uh, you know th those are are very intellectual in there." Yeah, but they open up your ears. That's just the value of listening to a Schoenberg or a, yep. for me anyway. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. No, completely. And I, I actually, I was just interviewed for this thing, and they asked about, you know, what's uh, some kind of question about, you know, what do you do to, to rearrange or whatever. I'm like, listen, listen, yeah. listen to as much as you can, because what you just said as far as opening your ears. And, and the cool thing, I mean, we're hearing a lot about your guitar playing, which is amazing. I mean, it's insane. I'm, I'm telling you all, it's, it's, you, you've got to go to a show and, and watch Raul perform, but your vocals, and that's what I'm like, okay, like just amazing vocals. And so, you know, I just, I, I, when I hear you, I know what kind of captured me was I could hear what you, all those influences you just said was like, yep, yep, yep. <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's interesting I, that you talk about that because I, I actually just wrote an article, which is going to be published in Downbeat about vocal improvising. And I really, mm -hmm. um, I, I have a special interest in that because uh, mm -hmm. as a guitar player, when I was practicing all the things that you practice, you know, trying to become a better improviser, the scales and the arpeggios and the, and the chords, I was doing the same thing with singing. I was just mm -hmm. doing, so um, I, I, I really, um, and, and it's, it's, it's something you have to be interested in because it's not the most important thing that you can do as a singer, Right. What, right. what you do as a singer is to tell stories and to, yeah. to convey feeling. And so, mm -hmm. you know, improvising is, is sort of a, a thing that if you're interested in, there is, um, I, I, I sort of talk about how I learned to do it, which is I learned yeah. to sing all the modes. And, I, and all the, the uh, patterns that you practice as an instrumentalist, you can also practice as a singer. Yep. Right. And... When you can sing something, when you can sing your way through a set of changes, then you know you're really hearing it. That's right. You can play through changes without hearing it, believe it or not, because you can learn to move your fingers in a certain way and, and, and play through, you know, uh, I don't know, a Donnelly or something or, or whatever, or, or moments notice. Mm -hmm. But if you can't sing it, you're, you know... <laughs> And, 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 and I'm not talking about having a great voice. I'm talking about knowing right. The, right. where the notes are with your voice, finding the notes. Well, listen to Dizzy right. Gillespie. I mean, he was the one that was teaching everybody bebop, and he was one of the best scat singers. <laughs> yeah, right. absolutely. Because he he's a musician, and he's actually hearing it. So yeah. I, 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 I actually wrote this article about how, you know, singers, if you just sing the modes as individual scales— you're literally going mm -hmm. through all the, you're going through the keys by singing the mm -hmm. no, the modes from the same note. So for instance, if you sing that's major. That's Dorian. But now you've just gone down a whole step in key, even though you're singing from the same note. So if you sing C major and then you sing C Dorian, you're now singing in the key of B flat. Anyway, that's right. so there you go. <laughs> Yep. I love it. I'm like, sing again. No, just play. No, that's, and, and I think singers need to understand. I mean, we, we brought this up as one of our music tip, how you become a stronger singer by learning instruments and by learning other parts of music, because that ear, again, what you're saying, 
And I don't think I've ever heard anybody kind of talk. I'll be curious to read your article, but talk about how important, you know, by being able to sing it, like it, it, that's, that's how you know it. Because it's marrying the intellectual with yeah. the ears. Yes. It's marrying the ear, because singing is all nothing but ears. There's no, there's no physical right. um, uh, representation of notes. It's, it's right. either you hear it, either you hear the intervals, or you don't. And, right. and, and, it, and if you can marry those two things, you know, when people say, oh, I, I always tell people singing Giant Steps is just as easy as singing the blues. And they're like, that's ridiculous. And, and I'm, I'm like, it's not. It's because you sing the blues a lot. You don't sing Giant Steps. If you learn, if you do it all the time, it mm-hmm. becomes, a, 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 you know, natural. as natural as anything. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and and I would add so so we're on the uh, vocal instrumental discussion. Uh, what you said earlier about the uh, vocalists actually telling a story. So that's what I've had to do with my students is tell them when they're playing ballads and even when they're playing fast tunes, uh, don't just play notes. Tell a story. Yeah, tell the even story. when you're improvising fast. Tell a story, and that's mm-hmm. you're, you're hitting it right on the head. That was it. Yeah, and 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 the story in music can be. A motif. It can be taking a melody through a set of changes. It can be doing a a, a rhythmic motif. Right. All this just motific stuff. Love I love it. it. I love it. Right. <laughs> yep. Right. No, my goodness. Development. Yes. And, and I think that's, I don't know, I want, I want to hear your opinion, Raul, in terms of today's music industry. I mean, it's a curious space because what you just did, I mean, I think there are a lot of artists who are, in, who are living in that space and who are doing amazing work, but we're just not hearing them um, because it's not necessarily always mainstream. But I mean, I usually ask this question later, but I'm going to ask it now. What, what are your thoughts about today's music industry and... Especially so, in the form of artist development. So this practice. is what I think. We're in the golden age of con- music co- consuming, and we're in a dark age when it comes to creating music. And, mm. and, the, the, and, and I only say that because the music, in order to, to, to find things, you have to dig a little bit. You can't just depend on the radio. We used to depend on the radio to tell us what was going on, what was new, what was interesting, and, 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 and people that were, you know, more interested would go to record stores or, or whatever, or, 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 you know, have, they would get together and, with their friends and say, hey, man, have you checked this out? Have you checked that out? So now we are in this, this age of absolute access to everything. I mean, I've got the lady, which shall not be named, and I can tell her to play anything, and she'll play it. I don't have to go to the record store. I don't have to look through my, my reams of records or CDs. So right. it's, it's up to us to dig to find the interesting music. So there's, there's, a, there's a, a good and a bad side to it. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The right. good side is that you can literally publish anything yourself and have it available to the world. Now, of course, people have to know about it to even find it. But you yep. can do that. You, you didn't. It used to be there were these gatekeepers, the record labels. And if you didn't get in with a record label, your music didn't get anywhere. So that's 
that's the, the positive side of this. The negative side is that, unfortunately, the, 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 the availability of free music has devalued what we do mm-hmm. um, to the point of, you know, I mean, if it's free, then, you know, but people have a hard time saying, well, why should I buy this when I can get it for free? Right. I mean, if you had a business and you said, I'm, I've got this business. I want you to be a partner with me. Oh, oh, what do you? Oh, we're not selling anything. We're just giving it away. You'd say, well, what kind of business is that? <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. Wow. And, and I, I, I get curious, you know, right now with everything going on, everybody's doing live streams. I mean, I can't, I'm just inundated with live stream notifications. And while I get it, I, I you know, I understand the the huge pros of that and you know i think in a future podcast we're going to even talk about that but we have to be careful because that what you're talking about that consumption and that consumerism part of things if i'm getting so attached to being able just to watch everything from my you know phone or whatever what's going to push me to necessarily come to an arena especially now (laughs) being in crowds of more than so many people is going to be um an interesting phenomenon for us to get back to i have one Um, word Publishing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If if you if you're if you're a, a person who does nothing but covers, then you're you're absolutely dependent on appearing somewhere. And if you can't appear somewhere, oh, it's the, the, especially now. This is a hard time. Um, yeah. But you know, music will never go out of style, and there's always a need for it in all kinds of things. So, you know, as, as artistic as I think of myself as, I've done commercials, I've written commercials, I've produced commercials. Um, never close off your options. And if you can, write, for Christ's sakes, write, and don't give up your publishing. Don't give it up. I don't care what they get. Oh, they'll give you this much money, you can go buy your Mercedes. Yeah, but guess what? That Mercedes is... Losing value as soon as it comes off the thing, and that's all the money you're going to get. And then right, whenever, exactly. whenever you want to use that, or whenever somebody wants to use your song in a movie or something, you got to go and ask them permission, and they take most of your money. Yep. Yep. So, mm. well, there's there's two moments in your your career I want to hone in on, and uh, one is your your first big break, and I want you to to talk about uh, how that happened. And why you think it happened, and uh, and just just sort of go into the experience of it. Well, you know, I guess I'm going to define big break as coming out on my own as an artist because I mean there were, you know, I did a lot of sessions and they felt like they were breaks mm-hmm. at the time, mm-hmm. but really, um, I moved to New York and I had a very clear focus. I'm moving here to do my own thing. I'm not moving here to see how it is or to like do whatever gig I can get. I know so many people that moved to New York and just took gigs to pay rent. And then they end up doing six days a week of crappy gigs. And and they didn't even have room to do what they actually wanted to do. And so I always said, I, if, if I did not move to New York to do wedding gigs, I can do those in Florida where I was living. I didn't move to New York to do, you know, cover bands. 
Even though, you know, that seems the short term seems like, oh, well, this is going to pay my rent. You know, I'm and and you know, I mean, I, I know it's easy to say it's it's hard when mm-hmm. you know when you're in the situation, but that's that's what I did. And um, my big break came um, after that Carnegie Hall show that I talked about. Um, mm-hmm. I had uh, it was it was written about in the newspaper, and I had a uh, a, a a person who was a lawyer, um, and the guy who produced that that show said to my wife and I, you should go into record companies and play live, which is not the way you normally do it. You normally send them at that time. And even now you send them a demo tape or whatever. Right. And, and you, you know, figure out how to get, get the right people to give them the demo tape, the lawyer, you pay a lawyer or a retainer or whatever. Okay. Um, we, through some connections, I got in and I played for everybody. And I'm not saying... For me, that's the way it happened. And I played for a Reef Martin to make a long story. I mean, I played for Clive Davis. That was an awful experience, by the way. Oh, no. Um, what happened? God, it, was, it was awful. I, I'm, okay. That's all I'm going to say about it. Okay. But, that's okay. Cool. Yeah. Uh, I played for a Reef Martin, and, and, uh, and, and that, was, that was really the break I got. Because here's a guy who was totally interested in, in letting me be myself but also had a huge track record of success in the music business. And those right. two things are really good when somebody is trumpeting your, your qualities as an artist because the industry w- listens. So, right. you know, that, right. that really was, um, and then I, I did State of Mind, and, you know, we had our birthdays one day apart, so he, he <laughs> threw a birthday party for the press at his house, and everybody came for mm-hmm. my record. Everybody. Oh, wow. Yeah. 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 State of mind is what got me. That was, that's, that's what, how I was introduced and was like, OMG. And, you know, that was brilliant for you to, or, you know, for them to suggest, no, you need to play for these people. Because like I've been saying all along in this interview, when you watch Raul, it's, it's a whole nother experience. So, you know, I think that's, I think that's awesome. Awesome, yeah, and, awesome, and awesome. once again, I will say it one more time because it's important. I was being myself. I wasn't trying to be somebody that was successful at the time or anything like that. And even if some people might not get that, some people might want you to be what they think, you know, will, will, will make you successful. Ultimately, mm-hmm. being yourself is the most satisfying and rewarding way to be successful at whatever level. Because, you know, I'm not a huge name, but I'm very happy with what I've gotten. Yeah, yeah. No, you know, you said something, and I I wrote this down, and it's it's so refreshing to hear you say this, and I think artists really need to hear this. And it ties into what you said as, as far as being yourself. I really want listeners to hear what you said as far as when you went to New York, you were focused on being an artist. And there is a difference than just gigging right. and, and being an artist. Because and you have to, no, go ahead. Because yeah. if you're gigging, when you get the opportunity to do your thing, you won't have time. Oh, man, I got this gig. I can't do it. Um, right. So, so that, that's why. It's, it's such an important thing to make sure that when the opportunity comes, you can do it. Right. Did you have criteria? That's a huge part. 
Oh, I'm sorry. I was going to say, did you have criteria on what gigs you would accept when you when you went to New Absolutely. York? Absolutely. I mean, you know, I wasn't going to. Uh, I mean, I played some. I played some really uh, marginal gigs in New York, <laughs> but um, but but the, the my criteria was I wasn't going to go spend two weeks learning a, a somebody else's book of cover tunes and go do that because. Right. That's not why I I went, right. you know, and, and just That's because oh because it's going to pay rent. Well, you know what I I and and I I have to say because I I don't you know I I am lucky, but I also I got a publishing deal before I moved to New York, so I had some some um, mm. right coasting money. Because exactly. listen, I mean it's no joke. New York is no joke, as everybody knows. I mean. Even at that time, the rents were way higher than I was ever imagined trying to pay. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and usually you have to pay first and last month and security deposit. Okay. And that's a lot of money to go out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but that intention, and I, I think, you know, having that mindset of knowing and delineating and setting up, yes, your boundaries and saying like, okay, I'm willing to do this but I'm not willing to do that. And I, I think sometimes artists, yeah, they, they start getting afraid. Well, I guess I better do this. This might help me. But it's like, but that if that's not your focus, if that's not what you ultimately really want to do, you got to really think about that. I, I know for myself too, when I decided to get back into music, um, I was in my, I had taken a break and I was in my mid-30s and I was like, listen, I'm not, I don't want to sing at weddings. I don't want to sing. I don't want to gig. I don't want to learn all these covers. I don't like even singing covers. Like, I, if I sing a cover, I'm going to redo it because that's, and then the audience is going right, to be right. like, that's not. <laughs> right. And, 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 and I'm not, yeah. there's nothing wrong with singing covers. It's just, I didn't want that to be my focus. And, right. and you know, when you do gigs at first, of course, people want you to sing covers because they don't know anything else. Nobody knows your tunes because they're in your head, right? And so, right, right. I mean, exactly. Uh, and, and, and that takes a certain amount of, of, um, um, fortitude to, to stand up and say, I'm going to do my stuff. And if that means I don't get a certain gig, then that's fine. You know? And it's, it's also key. I just want our listeners just to, to really uh, put everything in context. Um, When, when you went to New York, you had a certain level of musicianship. You had already done a whole bunch of other stuff. Oh, for sure. And your, for yeah, sure. your goal for New York was to 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 break yourself into the industry, and that's. Uh, but so I, I want listeners to know that uh, do take gigs to learn covers and learn learn oh. the, the repertoire and the material. Well, you know, I did, I sang crappy commercials for ten years, so you know, I don't want people to think I just at twenty. You know, I just said I'm an artist and I'm not doing anything else. No, no, I mean I. I sang yeah. McDonald's commercials and and Mitsubishi commercials and right. I mean, right. I, I did some and some records that you know I, I wouldn't <laughs> wish on anybody. <laughs> yeah, and and thank you, Will, for saying that. That is, is very important. What he's saying. There's you know there's this goes back to what I was. There's artist development. There you go. <laughs> there's development. There's process. And so, like you just said, a lot of times you're doing really crappy things maybe at the beginning, and you have to be willing to but allow yourself to But you keep doing your that. thing in or between. Yeah. That's the yes. thing, is because you get lost. In the studio, your job is the opposite as a, as a studio person than it is as an artist. As a studio mm-hmm. person, your job is to do whatever the hell they want you to do, to be a chameleon, 
to, mm-hmm. you know, if they want you to sing, you know, la, la, la. <laughs> if they want you to sing, the sports are sorry, <laughs> then that's what you do. And you can do it all, man. That's awesome. Well, okay, so with that, this is one of, and I know we're getting low on our time, but with that, I have a lot of artists who, because I coach artists, and a lot of them who have done session work mostly in background, they really struggle, and they want to be their own artist, they struggle with finding their voice, finding who they are, because they're so used to being a chameleon. That's a tough one. That's a tough one. Yeah, I was going to say, how did you establish Raul if you were doing all these other things? Honestly, I never stopped being Raul, even if I wasn't getting paid for it. it, whether it was at a gig or whether it was just practicing or, but, you know, I, I do want to say something about um, s- something else before we run out oh, yeah. of time about yeah, the, the financial aspect of, of music right yeah. now is um, I want to urge musicians to look for everything. You know, if you have good credit, you know, if you, if you own a home, you know, maybe you get a home equity loan. Don't just, you know, look for the the obvious things. There's mm-hmm. there's a lot of ways to get through this time. We're all losing money, man. Well, all of us performers are losing a lot of money right, right now. I mean, there's right. no getting around the fact. I had 32 shows all canceled. Oh, mm. my goodness. And I don't mm. even want to, th- you know, I don't want to think about how much money yeah. I'm not getting. But um, there's there's a lot of different ways to, to get through this Um financially other than i mean just you know the 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 normal um i don't know a a grand or something like i said i'm just saying Mm -hmm. i'm just encouraging just take the time to look at all the options yeah yeah i think that's important i I think it's important for someone like yourself for the audience to hear you know you said 32 shows and you know that's a that's a huge impact obviously um but you also mentioned all these different things you've done um, to kind of, you know, help in this in this time. And we push that. We've been talking about that wheel the whole time, right? About yep. these different streams and, you know, lines of income. And that's kind of the whole point why we even did this podcast is to start teaching people that, you know, we didn't know a pandemic pandemic was happening. But we also know that as artists, as creatives, there's ebb and flow, and so, you know, whether there's a pandemic, whether there's not, what you know, you should still be, you know, practicing that. Um, and, you, you know, know. I mean, maybe the work you do now and during the pandemic, maybe it will pay off later. It, not maybe, right. it probably will. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Oh, this is so great. And I'm so happy you were just chiming in singing. I, you know, I, I, I just love that. I'm going to play those parts over and over. Um, <laughs> So you have a new project, and um, I tell I you I did not know you engineered your own stuff. So now I'm a little bit fascinated. So I'm going to ask this kind of and will if you have another question, we'll wrap it up with that. But I you so you're engineering your own thing, producing. Are you still with Blue Note, or is are you also managing? Your no, own I'm at, I'm at, label? I'm with Mac Avenue. Um, oh yeah, okay. I'm with Mac Avenue, and uh, I, I man, I mean, I could. There's a whole other subject, managers and, and <laughs> agents and all that. Um, yeah. You know, the, the, the conventional wisdom, and I'm talking about me. I'm not saying this is true for everybody because I don't want to generalize, but 
you know, everybody says, oh, you want to get a big agency and this and that, and you want to get a manager who manages uh, big artists and all that. I've tried all that, and I think it's, for me, it was jive. I, my wife manages me now, and it's the best, mm. the best situation I've ever had. I have an agent who is, uh, uh, works for an agency called Arc Artists. It's not CAA or, you know, uh, yeah. IMN or one of these big agencies, and it's the best situation why? Because they care, because you can get them on the phone. A big agent who books a bunch of people and you're on the menu somewhere in the middle doesn't do you any good. You know, mm-hmm. you want to get somebody that cares. And and as far as my manager goes, there is nobody that cares more than my wife. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. And, you know, yes, there's, there's pitfalls because, you know, your business is at home. And yes, that can be... That can be, uh, but man, this thing of like, uh, oh, get such and such as manager and this and that, man, yeah. you know, uh, not only that, um, the whole standard of taking 15 or 20% off the gross, uh, and these days I think is my personal opinion is that that's baloney. Yeah. Uh, you know, because uh, if you're in a band, a five-piece band, and the manager's taking 20%, you ain't making any money, I guarantee it. No. Unless you're, unless you're, uh, you know, Taylor Swift. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right, and and thank you for saying that because I, I do think that you know we we that's another common question we're asked is you know my manager and who do I, and you know that whole people who are passionate about you, you know people who are passionate about you what you're doing and um, who love you and who have the time and the space. And the energy, um, because yeah, you'll you'll just become a, a a number or you know whatever, and that that takes time. But um, that is awesome. Ah, yeah. Will, yeah. Well, you, 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 you I, answered I, uh, both of my questions yeah. with the one question, so I'm uh, I'm good on that one. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> yeah, and and just just to add to uh, your your positive encouragement, I'm going to throw everybody a, a Margaret Mead quote. And basically saying that, you know, we're continually faced with great opportunities, which are brilliantly disguised as impossible situations. There you go. And in Spanish, we have a saying, no hay mal que por bien no venga. There is no bad that good doesn't come from. There you go. Thank you. That's a perfect. That's perfect. That's a perfect ending. Yes. How can people find you on social media? And I I know you're all over all the. the, the Yeah, I'm on Facebook. I'm on IGTV. Mm -hmm. We just started doing IG Instagram TV. I'm Mm -hmm. on YouTube. Uh, My website is raulmidon.com. R-A-U-L-M-I-D-O-N.com. So, um, and the records are everywhere, you know, Amazon, uh, wherever. You know, yes. my, my new record is called The Mirror, just came out on, on the 13th of March. Yes. Someday. And please, I'm, I mean, I'm very biased. So, of course, I'm like, it's outstanding, you know, but I'm just telling you guys really seriously, like if you have not listened to Raul, I, I mean, yes, grab his newest. Uh, well, listen, I, can't, I always want to say grab because I'm still I'm so old. I'm like, grab the, you <laughs> the know, CDs. the CD or whatever, <laughs> but stream and, and add to your playlist and then make sure you go backwards. Like you want to listen to give it all context. And, and the other really cool thing about Raul 
is with the whole, you know, with your Latin background. I mean, oh, you're on some amazing deep house Latin types of projects. Yes, um, uh, you, you the talk Louis about Lu- Vegas. Louis Vega. Yes. Yeah. Well, you know, oh, I have Lord. to. I, I have to shout out to Louis because when I first moved to New York, he definitely. I mean, I had some gigs, and and I I needed those gigs, and I went all over the world with Louis, so it was fun. Mm. So. Oh my God, you said that the. Um, Sunshine, ah, oh, sunshine, yeah. no, no, no. The, the Louis Vega method, oh, yes. So I'm just saying, he's not just in that jazz lane. You can find Raul in, in, in other lanes. And you also did a beautiful show with Liz Wright, who we've had on the podcast yep. as well. You guys did a beautiful tour. Yeah, yeah, we um, did. That was just amazing. So look him up. So thank you so much. Thank we you, will Louis. include, um, yeah, we'll include the link um, for your new project. We want to make sure people tune into that as well as your social media handles. And many blessings to you. Take care of yourself. Stay safe. Yes. And all of that and all of this. Healthy. Um, but yeah, because you got a lot more music. You got a lot more <laughs> that you have to create. So Thank you so yeah. much. Ah, you're welcome. You're welcome. Appreciate it. All right, well. Yep. That's another great episode. I, I tell, we, we tell y'all, folks, it gets, gets better and better. <laughs> it gets better and better. I just smile when I do these. So. Yeah. All right, you guys be good. Stay healthy out there and safe and be still. Take some time and, and be still inside your That's residences, right. please. Yeah. Yep. Talk to y'all All next right. week. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed this podcast episode. If you would like to join our new artist development program, the 3MB Club, please contact us via email at 3mbpodcast at gmail.com. Please subscribe to our podcast on your podcast player and leave us a rating and review. Also, please leave us a comment on our Facebook or Instagram page. And if you would like to contact us about a specific topic, you can email us at 3mbpodcast at gmail.com.